Hi everybody, Marco Casanova here, and welcome to the Desert Streaming Podcast. Join Andrew Kamiski and me as we dive into some great discussion about the pursuit of radical wholeness. Jesus has assumed our sexual human nature. You know what that means? He's come to redeem it. Those aspects of our lives, be it our sin patterns or our own personal histories that we often think irredeemable, Jesus has come to bring radical transformation. This podcast is a space for you to be encouraged and challenged by this Jesus who has assumed a human body for his own, not to free us from it, but to free us for it. Thanks for joining us. I hope you enjoy. Good morning, everybody. This is Marco Casanova here at Desert Streaming, here with Abby Ford and Andrew Kamiski. And this is a really important episode for us. We're here in Lancaster, Pennsylvania with Christopher West. Hey guys, so good to be with you. It's and an... you even said Lancaster correctly. <laughs> Did I'm I? Impressed. Mm-hmm. It's all those the years in Philadelphia. always say Lancaster. The foreigners <laughs> always say Lancaster. Well, when I first, I, I studied in Philly and I used to say Lancaster and people looked at me like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> I thought something needs to change very fast. Right, right and that began a big change. Yeah, I'm yeah. still trying to do that. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It is really great to be here. Um, Desert Stream Ministries has been here with the Theology of the Body Institute for the past couple of days, and it's been such a blessing for us. Oh, what a gift. Yeah, yeah. It sure has. I want to just open up on our side here at, as the team at Desert Stream. How has it been so impactful for you? What's been kind of some of the the standout moments or just the standout feels of of this um, this visit? Well, Abby? Oh, Abby. Or yeah. Andrew? Um, or both? How about you go both at the well, same time? Yes, the war of words. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who will you listen to? Uh, no, Abby, you go, please. Well, yeah, I mean, as you said, it's just an honor to be here with you, Christopher, Thanks, and your Abby. team. My goodness. Um, yeah, my first experience actually at BlackRock and at TOB was last summer, and I, it was so impactful to me. I was one of the only Protestants in the room at the time, and and yet just felt this kind of grace to enter into the truth of the JP2, theology of the body, just, yeah, the, the impartation that he has. It's for all Christians. It's for all believers. And... If you then, have a body, this applies to you. That's, that's what right. I like to say. That's, that's, that's the right. truth. And you and you know that, and you feel that, and you receive that. And so, in, in that regard, it's been like being around um, spiritual family mm. this weekend. It's been mm. good to be with these brothers and sisters. There's been a, a real grace over our time. We're all busy. We do many things for the kingdom, and mm-hmm. we don't get to sit down with each other as leadership teams. And and that's been the gift of this to to see the weightiness in the spirit of your team, Christopher. Mm-hmm. And and just to be with one another, I think, and share hearts and burdens for this mission, which we're all yeah, asking the Lord to bring forth through us and in the church. Mm. Yeah, and uh, having been to been to Black Rock a handful of times, maybe six times for week-long things prior to becoming a Catholic and then post-Catholic, so formative and mm. how I understand being a Catholic. Um, but for me, this was particular in that the 11 full-time, more or less, staff uh, of Christopher's, um, to, to just be with them and, as one might think, as I thought, honestly, to sort of enter into their lives, even their households. We had mm. a meal at one of their homes 
and to be with their families, to hear a lot about their families, and the fact that there actually isn't much of a gap between their public selves and their private selves. Oh, if um, you only knew. As a staff, <laughs> yes. Now, he's bitter. Christopher's bitter. Um, he's been hard hit by a lot of persecution. A lot of it that he brought on himself. Not persecution for righteousness' sake, but for being, for being a blowfish. Let's just say that. No, no, no. But, but actually, haven't you found that? Yeah. There's such, there's, these are grounded people. Right. And whereas Desert Stream sort of specializes in people that they're kind of we first know them in in perhaps seriously fractured ways mm -hmm. we're all fractured and and this group is not above or beneath being fractured but um i would say there's a kind of a wholeness mm. uh and i think we've been able to see that authentically yeah and and so i feel enriched by that like oh we we got a little more whole right just by being with this team mm -hmm. yeah i agree um jason clark is the executive director at the theology of the body institute he and his wife jeanette um hosted us and um christopher and wendy they they both both of both of the wests and the clarks brought their kids and it was kind yeah. of fascinating like mm -hmm. these kids have been formed by by this tradition of theology of the body and it's noticeable mm -hmm. they're so relatable they're kind of robust and funny and sassy and it's <laughs> awesome and grounded in their bodies yeah i mean they just come up shake your hands say yeah. Hello. It's, yeah do it's, like it's little good. dance moves do little ditties and, and make some really good like apple cake and peach crisp um that was no, pretty they, special yeah they didn't make that oh, uh, they didn't was it no, was that, that was... wegman's <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> my daughter grace actually made that did she make oh that okay God. i stand yeah. corrected <laughs> Yeah. I can share something from my sure, perspective yes. these last few days being with you. We, we usually come here to this, for those who don't know what Blackrock is, it's a beautiful retreat center here in Lancaster County where we offer our courses at the Theology of the Body Institute. So my team comes here to minister, and this time we came here to be ministered to mm -hmm. by your team. Mm -hmm. And that was a tremendous gift for us just mm -hmm. to receive the, the wisdom, the charism that, that you have at Desert Stream which I've always known is a beautiful compliment to our charism. And I, I've just, I, I was talking to my team last night, we had a little bonfire at my house, and everybody's been so deeply mm. blessed just to receive from your gift. So sincere thanks to wow. you for coming to minister to us. Yeah. Thank you, Christopher. Of course. Yeah, yeah. it's good to be here. Yeah. It's really an honor. Rich exchange. Really. Yeah, mutual enrichment. Mm -hmm. It's been amazing. So one thing I wanted to talk about today is this language of chastity. Um, I think many times in our culture we can hear the word chastity and it's a little bit of a buzzkill. It's like, well, what do you mean? Does that mean? Yeah, it's like, no, not the chastity talk, you know? It's like a suppression or a prudish living, but it's not that. And I think that's come up um, multiple times throughout our discussions these past couple days of mm -hmm. how to reframe, how to reclaim chastity as a, a robust expression of Christian living. Of this is this is exactly what Jesus lovers do. Mm. They live robustly in their bodies, and their bodies tell a greater story. Their bodies proclaim the gospel. And Andrew, I wanted to ask you just about what what your thoughts are about reclaiming that word chastity, both. Mm. Um, 
both on the evangelical and the Catholic side. Because mm -hmm. us Catholics, we don't know really what it is. Mm -hmm. And evangelicals have probably an idea, but maybe not the most excellent one. Mm -hmm. So how do we reclaim it um, on both sides of the aisle, so yeah. to speak? Yeah, how do we do that? I, I don't know. I, I, I think reclaiming it takes a lot of effort on the part of the person who, who knows something of it. As I do, I know something of it, but I think it's in knowing the little that I do that there's been like such a dynamism in my own life concerning this. It just brings things together for me. Mm -hmm. So after many years of not really even never using the word, using more words like sexual and relational wholeness and kind of recovery evangelical words in a way, but becoming a Catholic, it just kind of it came together because I thought, how do we sort of, how does our spirituality, our love for Jesus, our openness to him, even in our brokenness and our disintegrated state, how does that really correspond with becoming more of an integrated whole offering mm. for others, body, soul, and spirit? And chastity is just that, the mm. convergence of rich spirituality, Christian spirituality, with our sexuality, with our bodily gift, mm -hmm. and the the ongoing communion, the dynamism of that, is to me so life giving and uh, answers myriad questions about well, can I really change, gay to straight, trans to bi, cisgender this, all the the war of meaningless words yeah. Yeah. that we ascribe to a person with this sort of banter inclination or whatever as opposed to oh no the 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 goal is the same for all of us mm -hmm. men and women called to take ground in chastity through this merciful stream of life that is always flowing from the from our savior's heart mm. and to live like that i can do that i can do that i, I labels and categories box me in and it's constraining and it causes me to profile other people, even myself. Mm. And I think I'm not going to live like that. And I don't want anyone to live like that mm. because I, I think the church has a better way and it's chastity. S simply put, <laughs> but you've got to explain it yeah, a little right. bit. People don't know what it is. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Christopher, you made a good point yesterday about um, kind of being apocalyptic in, in describing chastity. Like we would say in the desert stream world to be prophetic and i don't think they're I, I think they're right on par with each other to be apocalyptic is to kind of rend the veil a little bit to to kind of rouse the bride to say like look beyond just what you see look beyond the popular culture what what can you say a little bit to that sure uh, the word came to me yesterday when actually you were speaking marco uh, telling part of your story and the word apocalyptic we can think of it as doomsday and end of the world, and there's some sense of that uh, in Scripture, but the word itself, apocalypse, means to reveal, revelation, mm. to reveal, to unveil. And when, when you have an, ap an apocalyptic experience, you're seeing reality as it really is. And, for example, your deceptions, like you thought you're on this rosy path. If you were to have an apocalyptic experience, this rosy path that you think is happy and joyful, you would see the destruction to which you are leading, mm -hmm. right? Or what you're entering into, the destruction to which this leads. 
Uh, similarly, an apocalyptic moment would be to see a, a path of, of trial that you might be resisting as actually the road to life. Mm. The veil gets lifted and you see reality as it is. If we were to apply that to, to chastity, I think we would see, uh, here's a, a line from the Catechism of the Catholic Church. It's one of my favorites in the whole catechism. It says, chastity is a promise of immortality. Mm. How about that? That's chastity wow. is a promise of immortality. Well, what? what <laughs> Okay, I like, I like that, that promise. What, how do I, what <laughs> does it have to do with chastity? <laughs> well, here's an example of how we misunderstand chastity, and this is widespread. You'll, you'll hear people say, well, you need to be chaste until you get married. Whoa, 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 whoa. Mm -hmm. we, we have, we have, <laughs> that expression mm -hmm. reduces chastity yeah. to abstaining from sex, mm -hmm. right? It's such a reductionist mm -hmm. understanding of chastity. Chastity if I may quote the catechism again, uh, chastity is the integration of the human being. It's, it's the, the integration of sexuality with one's person. It's the recognition that I am a man, uh, or for a woman, I am a woman. Mm. And what does that mean integrally? And so it has to do with the unity of body and soul. A culture of death is by definition a culture that separates the body and the soul because wow. that's what death is death is the separation of body and soul chastity <laughs> is the reintegration of body and soul so a chaste culture is a culture of life uh, what did Christ come to do he came to give us life and life to the full mm. he comes to reintegrate us body and soul that's why chastity is a promise that you will live forever because it's this forever reintegration of body and soul. Amen. We proclaim belief in the resurrection of our bodies, right? But let's apply that more specifically to the sexual relationship. Authentic sexual union, when it is the expression of an integrated man and an integrated woman saying, this is my body given for you. Mm -hmm. What they are saying is you're going to live forever. Wow because we're loving in the image of the one who is love. And that love is forever. To, to express chaste love is to say our destinies are intertwined. The chaste sexual union of a husband and a wife, they're saying our eternal destiny, our whole being, our whole existence is intertwined. And my gift to you here, this is my body given up for you, I am giving my body up for you so that you will live forever. Amen. That's chastity. Yeah. How much wow. richer is that than be chased until you get married? <laughs> uh, you're just reducing, reducing chastity to yeah. saying no to, to immoral sexual activity. Mm -hmm. It's a vision of what it means to be human. But as John Paul II says, the word needs to be rehabilitated mm -hmm. because we, we don't understand this. And this is the work of the enemy who wants us to think of chastity as something repressive, <laughs> oppressive, uh, uh, unfun. Mm. Uh, there's nothing more adventurous and glorious than, when you understand it correctly, the journey of that reintegration, that journey of chastity. It's a promise of immortality. Wow. Well put. Wow, it's so beautiful. I didn't make it up. I didn't <laughs> know, but you're a good messenger. Take Thank it. You. Yeah, you know, as y'all are talking, I, I do... I think something that's so beautiful about chastity is that it's always and only 
intertwined with Christ. And so when you have relationship with Christ, he's pulling you into this chaste lifestyle, single, married, etc. But I like that because it then is not reduced, as you're saying, even to just a behavioral choice. Right. Have sex, don't have sex. Identify in this way, don't identify in this way. It's so much more holistic and integrative, and it's all around our draw, our relationship with this man, Jesus, this body and mm. soul, Jesus, you know. And so we can be grateful for that, that as we're pursuing chastity, we're pursuing him, and then he's returning the truth of our the wholeness of our identity to us. No, that's good. Especially as we're, I mean, to, to relate it to like the prophetic, how we have to raise prophets to usher in this message. I was reading this, um, this homily of John Paul II. As, as soon as he was elected to the papacy, he returned to Poland. And, you know, Poland is still under this communist regime. And the gist of his homily was basically, don't listen to what they've been telling you. Mm -hmm. I will remind you of who you, who you are. Really are. Yep. And that's what the prophet does, especially in this realm of chastity. Yes. Don't listen to what they've been telling you. I, uh, as a part of this church, will remind you of who you are. So th there is like, that's mm -hmm. what Jesus does. Amen. <laughs> he comes to us and says, I will remind you. I'll speak a better word mm -hmm. over you. Mm -hmm. That frees us. Mm -hmm. It was related to, Abby, what you were saying about chastity. You can't understand chastity without Jesus. And you can't understand who you really are without Jesus. Mm -hmm. And here I'll, I'll quote, uh, well, it's not John Paul II directly, but you can barely find a document he wrote in which he is not quoting a line from the Second Vatican Council, which is, Jesus Christ fully reveals man to himself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We discover who we really are as human beings only in light of the word made flesh and here it's also related to what you were saying Abby that uh, chastity John Paul II says can only be understood in relation to love uh, what does it mean to love another person Christ reveals to us what it means to love another person the new mm. commandment he gives us all is love one another as I have loved you well, how did he love us this is my body <laughs> given for you. That's how he loved us. The call to love as Jesus loves, which is another word for chastity. Mm. The call to love as Jesus loves is chiseled by God right in our bodies. Mm. We see in the male-female difference the call to a holy, life-giving communion. This is who we really are, mm. made in the image and likeness of the ultimate life-giving communion, which is the Trinity. Wow. To, to, to live chastely, to be chaste, the, the virtue of chastity is just another way of saying, become who you really are as men and women made in the image and likeness of God. Right. Mm. And, you know, I was, I was thinking, um, not, it's not like a deep revelation. <laughs> we were on a run this morning to this amazing Amish country. And uh, I was kind of thinking about, you know, you don't always feel like being chaste. I mean, that's just far for the, whatever like welcome to the human race mm -hmm. right but it, it really is about being faithful to Jesus who's given everything for us we just give everything in return not to sound so spiritual about it but mm -hmm. it's actually at the essence of it mm -hmm. like you've given me everything mm -hmm. I want to give you everything in return right including this like river of life in me that wants to extend out and love you and I, I love um, the, the Holy Spirit, the, I don't know what, Christopher, the spirit of chastity. Mm -hmm. I mean, there is 
the sanctifying power of God with us, helping us moment by moment to know ourselves, not in a deadly introspective way, but like what's going on with me towards you? Mm. Is, is this expression of my affection helping you mm. or is it hurting you? Is it confusing you? Is it, is it, is it bedazzling you or sort of quietly seducing you out of my inordinate need? Mm. And I think the Holy Spirit in a beautiful way helps us and guides us and there's kind of like a a strengthening of the embankment that says no no curb that mm -hmm. just just turn that around you don't have to do that so there is restraint mm. i think you know in our world it's like oh release 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 yes. but no but i'm excessive and a little <laughs> dumb i just lose it and i get lost and and so, oh Lord, thank you for that restraint. Mm. I can I can pull back here, and I'm not I'm not killing myself. Uh, I'm actually growing in a good self control for you, <laughs> for your good, because right. I want your good, whether or not I get everything I want. Mm. And I think those of us who have gone over the embankment so much, and are just inclined towards that, we're really growing in love when we in a sense deny ourselves mm. for someone else's yeah. good and at the same time being true to the spirit's prompting and 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 in a sense the good of our own hearts when we say i, I want to offer myself to this person i want to give myself in my case as a married person to my wife and there's even a prompting of God, there's your window, man. <laughs> Don't blow that, you know, but I, I, so I love, I love, I love that restraint and release. Mm. And I think that's part of walking in the spirit yes. and becoming chaste for our good and always for another's mm. good. Wow. And I don't think we have that understanding about sexuality. It's more about what my needs are. And I'm sorry that's confusing to you or you set your boundaries, but there's also a, sensitizing I think in chastity to it's actually not helpful for you wow. so I'm going to do this do you yeah. remember the analogy I used in the class that you both taught or that you both taught that you both took that I taught um, <laughs> with the piano do you remember the piano analogy with chastity where I I said anybody can can walk up to a piano keyboard and make meaningless noise you know just bang on it bang 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 um, and then I, I go over to the piano in the room and I bang on it I say, I'm feeling spontaneous, and I go over and I bang on it. You know, that's one kind of spontaneity, because we, we tend to think of, of chaste living as really cutting down on the spontaneity in our lives. And I say, oh, here's one kind of spontaneity. I bang on the piano. And then I ask a student, I say, who, who in the room actually plays the piano? And I say, are you feeling spontaneous? Come on up and play the piano. And they make this beautiful music. Those are two different kinds of spontaneity. Mm. One is meaningless noise. The other can lift our, mm. our hearts and minds to the heavens. But behind the spontaneity of the professional musician is a lifetime of discipline, mm. yeah. of training, of yeah. sacrifice, of mm. muscle. You know, that, that's muscle memory mm. that comes from real discipline. That's the kind of discipline that chastity involves. It's mm. a discipline that leads to beautiful music. Uh, we're not all called to be professional musicians by the gospel, but we are all called <laughs> by the gospel to be professional lovers. Mm -hmm. And that takes 
no less discipline than the professional musician mm -hmm. but it's a creative discipline that's the virtue of chastity that mm. creative discipline to put it in big, biblical terms that enables us to sing the greatest of all songs which is the song of songs mm. that's chastity wow no it reminds me of uh, Aquinas says that a virtue is a habit it's a habitus something that can be learned and it and, and it becomes effortless yes, he, he yes. believes that it can become effortless virtue wow. can become effortless when it just becomes a part of your your modus operandi you know mm. it's just the way that you live and i find good news in that because G, the the father has created us for that yes it's not like i have to be a mozart like you said right. you know with special skills it's like no it's written in you you this have this is the a muscle. very important point just to continue my analogy yeah. and i don't want to leave anybody hopeless out there thinking oh i'll never be able to be a professional musician God, how am i gonna well anybody this is kind of how i conclude the analogy in the classroom i say anybody with three minutes of training Mm. can play Mary Had a Little Lamb. And I'll, I'll sound out, you know, dun, 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 on the piano. And I say, no, it's not Mozart, but it's better than bang, bang, bang. And, and that's where we all begin the journey, is mm. learning how to play Mary Had a Little Lamb. So let's be uh, not beating ourselves up that we're not Mozart when it comes to chastity, but let's, let's start where we are. Let's stop banging on the piano and making meaningless noise <laughs> uh, that damages us, that damages others. Let's discipline our fingers enough just to sound out Mary Had a Little Lamb, but keep going. Then you get to play Chopsticks. Then you get to play Heart and Soul, <laughs> chopsticks. right? Chopsticks. Keep going. I'm still keep trying keep to going. master that, Christopher. <laughs> Man. <laughs> no, I appreciate that, actually. And I, and I think, you know, to go to the other end of the spectrum, like the one that's spontaneous and just spilling out and making random noise, and then the one who's just too afraid to try to yes. walk up to the piano yes. and I think mm -hmm. maybe that's where the church has gone a little astray with the abstinence message stay yes. turn it off turn yes. it off turn yes. it off don't do anything and mm. then one day you'll get married right. and it'll all be on and mm. I think the message of chastity starts younger and so much more fully and says no just start learning how to respect and honor this body, this sexuality, this appetite, this force that God's putting you that's actually not bad and not, mm. yeah, it's not a terrible impulse. It's God's impulse in you. And so there's something of be beginning to reclaim chastity that says we start this journey much sooner and it's not yes. just an on-off switch. It's a journey into this this place of expression. And, and I think we do need to reclaim chastity in that way. How do we start with the two notes at the piano mm. then grow in that to become better song singers yes, if you will yes yeah no it's i think it's such an important message i remember when i was kind of in the grips of um pornography addiction um i really was given some hope in this in this little line i don't know who said it you probably would know maybe it was a saint that what the devil wants to use for your damnation god wants to use for your salvation it's like the very struggle that, okay, I'm struggling in some chastity. Jesus is going to give you enough grace to actually become a robust witness mm -hmm. to chastity if that's precisely where yes. you feel like you need the precious blood the most. And I think of like some of these great witnesses, Augustine, Margaret of Cortona, Dorothy Day, John Paul II, these people who, who had struggles in their purity in their sexual liberty, so to speak. Maybe not so much John Paul II, but the others for sure. 
um, but they, their witness still lives. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, Augustine's mm-hmm. been dead for how long? And we celebrate his feast right. on Friday. Right. He's still converting souls. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's, that's really the mission of Desert Stream and TOB is to, to really equip, equip witnesses, give people some hope, get people in an encounter with Jesus, allow a transformation to happen, and let your lives rouse the bride. Wake her up. Wake her up today to, to be this prophetic witness of right. transformative chastity. Right. You right. know, one of Augustine's most famous prayers was, Lord, make me chaste, but not yet. <laughs> it, just, it just shows the humanity, right? It's right. Just, it's, we're, 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 but here's where we need that apocalypse. Because, mm. you know, the, the, the prayer, make me chaste, but not yet, is, it's still, he's still deceived. Mm. He thinks unchastity is going to bring him something he wants. The apocalypse, the revelation of the real, would reveal that that road that he thinks is going to bring him something he wants leads to destruction. Mm. Whereas the true, the revelation of the real demonstrates that chastity leads to immortality. Right. Right. That's what we all want. Wow. Amen. Andrew, did you have something to say? No. <laughs> I, I love. I'm thinking about chastity as immortality. The promise of immortality. That is a new. That is new for me. So I'm, that's like a game changer. Yeah. Or it's actually kind of like a nice digestive to this whole week. You know, it's like man. Hmm, I was thinking what about how I. It means a digestive. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I woke up today know. and I said, <laughs> I want to use digestif in a sentence. Exactly. And well, you here did. It is. You have succeeded. I am victorious. And yes, it is giving me indigestive. <laughs> this is going, I am this feeling is, kind of sick. This is going south. <laughs> this is going south really, really quick. I like it. You've, you've thrown out a few things I need to look up. Who's Margaret of who? Cortona. Cortona. Who's oh, she's, she's a neat, I think she was like a, a prostitute and now a canonized saint, kind of an obscure saint. I read this amazing book called Saints Are Not Sad by Frank Sheed. Ah. And Frank Sheed had this compilation of amazing um, writers write about obscure saints, <laughs> be it G.K. Chesterton wrote on, you know, I, I don't remember who, but Margaret of Cortona was in this book. Oh. And it was awesome. She's not known, but she should be. Mm. She could give a lot of hope to people who feel like um, their disintegration is the end of their story. Right. And she, she begs to differ. Maybe you should do a whole podcast on her. Christopher, I think that's a great idea. Do it. Hey, y'all, it's been great to be with you today. Great to be with you. Thank you, Marco. Good, good job. Thank walking you. Walking us through this. No, it's been a blessing. And to have this guy. I know. Kind of a little weighty. <laughs> I mean. You think we can, like, sell this? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm going to plagiarize him to death anyway. <laughs> I ain't referencing him anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, ladies and gentlemen, until next time, this is Desert Streaming. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you have a good day. Uh, prayers for you. Pray for us. God bless you. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Desert Streaming Podcast. For more information about us or to get in touch with us, please do visit our website, desertstream.org. We're so grateful for you. Thank you for listening in. Please do share this episode with your friends. And until next time, God bless you.